0: Welcome back to another episode of Talking Points. Thank you so much to everyone who's watching on YouTube or listening on Apple uh, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This is it, Tomo. The final race of the season. The final race review of twenty twenty one. Madness finale, and didn't it deliver out us? Didn't it deliver, mate? I mean, it was absolutely carnage. I think we expected controversy, but more so between the drivers. But I don't think we expected that. Let's kick off actually straight away and really quickly talk about before the race, uh, talk a little bit about qualifying and practice now, obviously going into the weekend, a lot of excitement around Abu Dhabi, the fact that kind of a brand new layout a little bit, uh, will will it improve the racing? I feel like Mercedes were definitely a little bit favorite perhaps mm-hmm. in, uh, in qualifying, but... Straight away, we got a bit of drama in terms of the alternative strategy with Red Bull, both their drivers going on the soft. But mm. in the end, it was Max with the pole position. Quite comfortable, actually. It was a brilliant lap, by the way.
1: Yeah, Max absolutely smashed it. I know he didn't he lock a tyre, lock, locked his medium, flat spotted a, a bit, which kind of forced the hand yeah. in order to go on the
0: softs for Q2. Um, Christian Horner did not hide it well by the way I mean he was shaking no, on the radio like, oh. like,
1: Yeah it's fine yeah. We, we We're It's 50-50 you know we were always debating, debating Between the two That wasn't the, the best start to the weekend um, But yeah it was, a, it was a quality qualifying lap In practice the Mercedes looked ominously quick um, But in the end Max turned over Well I know Christian Horner said it was one of his Best qualifying laps ever
0: And I mean Smashed it and we got exactly what we wanted, a Max and Lewis 1-2 level on points. What could possibly go wrong? What
1: could go wrong, Aldous?
0: Let's just go. We're going to literally go through <laughs> Max and Lewis the entire way through this There's podcast. There's so much to talk about. Exactly. There is so much. <laughs> this might be a couple of hours long, yeah. so buckle up. But... Get some popcorn, get settled down, get ready. This is going to be a quite, quite the talking point. Exactly. Grab a cup of tea as well. Let's begin straight away with the start, actually, because, you know, a lot of pressure. Obviously, both of them, there was so much talk coming into the weekend in terms of Oh, they're gonna crash into each other, but they did end up going through turn one. It was perfectly fine. But it was Lewis who got a mega launch. And actually, Max, I mean, you said it, he kind of bottled it a little bit at the at the beginning.
1: Definitely. I mean, his reaction time was slower, his acceleration um getting up to you know 100 kilometers out was was significantly slower as well. Um than Lewis. It was like reaction time was like point one of a second difference, which is quite a lot in, in F1 terms. Well, yeah. And yeah, especially given Max was on the softer rubber as well, you think that gives a traction advantage, you'd think. Um, but Lewis just absolutely nailed it off the start and, you know, swooped past Max, didn't give Max any opportunity to defend going into turn one. And all of a sudden you're like, well, what's going to happen here then? Because the Mercedes pace looked really good in practice. Are they just going to take away? But quite a lot happened in that first lap exactly. as well, and, didn't it, Alders? And
0: also to be fair, shout out to Perez as well, because I think he qualified in fourth, obviously Lando or a qualifying for him, but... To actually, you know, end up at the end of turn one behind Max with a Red Bull 2-3, that was a really kind of important moment yes, for the team. because be-
1: because like too often this year, like Sergio has got caught out lower down the field. And, you know, t- by the time he's been able to pass and get into that top three, yeah. top four, he's miles off. But he cleared Lando early doors, which, you know, gave Red Bull, like you say, 2-3 great strategy option moving into the race, which of course did end up panning out. Um, for Red Bull but we will get into that
0: I think it was also just <laughs> exciting in terms of because Abby Dabby we know sometimes it can it's not always, always the most exciting track but the fact that we did have the alternate strategy and we had Lewis in the lead but both the Red Bulls chasing mm. you know chasing him I thought it was just it was just fantastic like the perfect kind of start to a title decider because kind of Red Bull a little bit on the back foot but on the quicker tyre so there was plenty coming a- up and, and also Perez kept pace with them too like did, for yeah. that
1: first stint he was you know the gap between him and Max within that kind of like eight, nine laps in, the gap between him and Max was closer than the gap between Max and Lewis. So Perez did a really good job to clear Lando early doors. And again, be that second driver that
0: unfortunately Valerie wasn't on that day. It did not take long for the drama to start, not even nope. half a lap technically, because at the end of the first straight, I mean, we always knew it was going to happen, didn't, didn't we? In terms yeah. of like a little bit of controversy between Lewis and Max, a really aggressive move down the inside. Lewis did leave the gap though, down the down the uh, straight what did you make of it because we haven't
1: discussed this beforehand so i don't know what he thinks about it to be fair
0: i think i actually messaged you on whatsapp like after that race like what did you think about all of that and his response was something like i don't even want to talk about it or something (laughs) like that like it was was just like yeah we want to kind of keep the opinions for this because i haven't heard what he's thinking what he's thinking but yeah certainly for that incident i actually thought max's dive bomb was totally legitimate that was Mm -hmm. a really good move lewis left a massive gap i was super surprised i don't know i actually know I know he doesn't want to compromise his run onto Turn 7 because if you go, obviously, use the inside line, then it kind of makes it more difficult down the back straight. But leaving that big of a gap for Max Verstappen, I mean, it was just inviting him for a dive bomb. And I thought it was a totally fair and legitimate move by Max.
1: Yeah, I mean, Max is phenomenal under the brakes. There have been instances, we know this year, um, where Max has kind of not been phenomenal on the brakes and carried too much speed and, and gone off. Brazil, prime example. But... First watching it, I was like, wow, that's one hell of a dive bomb. And like, has he given Lewis enough space? I'm not sure. But upon looking back at it, I, I agree. I, I think it was a fantastic, fair move. Kept it within the white lines, was ahead yes. of Lewis by the apex of the corner, which is super important Um, because then that essentially gives Max the corner. It was a late dive bomb. Lewis clearly you know, wasn't expecting it, didn't see it coming um which I was a bit surprised about because this is Max Verstappen he 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 loves a lunge up the inside um but he did again it kept it within the white lines I agree I think it was a fair move and obviously Lewis you know by by that stage again you've got a you got to, if there was gravel there Lewis is pulling out of that earlier making a cut back yeah. and then trying to come back but because there isn't he just goes straight ahead and remains ahead so I, yeah I I agree I think it was I think it was a good move from Max and but again, watching it, I was like, oh, What like just just crack on, lads. Just get on with the race. Like, I don't even care if it is a fair move or not a fair move. Just just I don't want to see a bloody time penalty, please. Like after I everything thought, this year. Just crack on, please.
0: I thought in the moment that it was so on the limit in terms of Lewis, like, Max made the corner. Like, whatever you want to say about that dive yeah, bomb, he, he made did. the corner, it was a fair move. And the fact that I know people don't like, there's a lot of controversy in terms of uh, online about should positions be given back? What is the right, what's the right punishment for something like that? Is it time penalties? Is it just leaving it alone? Should positions be given back? I thought actually Lewis should have given the position back. Mm. Just because he didn't, it was his mistake. Like he chose to, you know, go around the outside or try the outside line. So anyway, at the end of the day, it kind of, you know. The, the F.O. kind of said to just race on. They
1: wanted to just... The stewards wanted to keep out of it, which you can understand, guys, the final race, you know, the stewards wanted to have as little to do with it as possible. um but in terms now. Of, well, for now. Um, and so so I understand why they didn't intervene because it was one of them. It was on the cusp, but I agree, like, in a normal race circumstance, like, if this is the fourth race of the season and the, the two cars are battling for P7, then I think... It is a. It is yeah. I think Lewis should have given the place. Yeah. Again,
0: um, for me, it's on the edge. I mean, at the time we thought that's probably the, the, the biggest controversy. I mean, if the race ended there, could you imagine? You know, <laughs> lap one, turn five. I was going to say because if
1: Lewis had gone on to to win the championship, uh, then that would have been the a big talking point yeah. afterwards. But
0: let's talk about that opening stint because again, we talked about the alternative uh, strategy with Lewis on the mediums, Max on the softs, mm. and I mean that Mercedes was mighty. I mean the soft tyres did not hang on at all. And I think they pitted Max kind of almost at the earliest available mm. kind of window. Like well, they, they, they kind of pitted him in, time.
1: Into traffic a bit as well. Like, they did behind Carlos science. Yeah, because I, I, I agree. I think they were, they were desperate to get those softs off. I yeah. know they'd worked quite well on the long runs in practice, but had they, maybe that was just, you know, a bit of hyperbole from, from Red Bull trying to kind of cover the fact that they were a bit concerned about starting on softs. Maybe, I'm not sure, because obviously to start on a softer tyre, you've you, you got to think like, you know, if if you're starting in the lead and you're on a softer compound than P2, you have to be finishing that first lap in the lead. And the fact that he wasn't, and again, like Lewis was able to to build that gap. I don't, I don't know. I I feel like if Max had stayed ahead, would that gap have grown? Maybe, because obviously you don't know, you know, early on in the race, you know, how much was Max conserving the tyres? It's impossible for us to say for sure. But yeah,
0: that's actually one of the reasons why to me that whole lap one incident kind of is a little bit irrelevant because I feel like mm. even if Lewis was behind, let's say Lewis was behind Max, mm. by lap eight, lap nine, lap 10, Max was gone. Like Lewis's delta compared to Max was so yeah. much quicker. I think he would that, have gap took was anyway.
1: that gap was growing, wasn't it? it? It felt like after like five, six laps in that gap just steadily was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And again, the gap between Lewis and, and Max was bigger than the gap between yeah. Max and Checo by the end of that first stint
0: and obviously they pitted Max kind of the quickest that they could just to get him off that soft tyre. Mercedes reacted straight away. Now, this was kind of really, I was a little bit torn by this because I totally understand why they did it in terms of, of course, you know, just cover Max. Mm. You All you've got to do is finish ahead of Max, yeah, so just yeah. cover him, you know, obviously cover your own back as well. But the, do you think they could have extended that perhaps and would that have had any impact on the rest of the race?
1: I, I think I and think There was one plenty of, them... of
0: life left in those mediums, I'm yeah. sure. Oh, definitely. I think,
1: I, I agree with exactly what you said. I, I think it's one of them where, you know, in an, in terms of the optimal, optimal performance strategy, probably go a bit longer, but he knows the job is to just finish ahead of Max Verstappen. That's literally the job. And so just do what they do. And and obviously it's easier to do that. It's easier to do that when you're behind because obviously Max can react to stuff that Lewis does. But also because Lewis had built up such a gap, he didn't have to worry too much about an undercut. But again, just cover it off because the gap had come down yeah. um, after... They'd both pitted, so Max had gained some relative time, but like you say, it's just he, he knew what he had to do, Lewis. He just had to finish ahead of Max Verstappen within the points, basically,
0: yeah, I think for Mercedes, with Lewis having a good pace advantage, the car was clearly working a lot better in the race, mm. it was just do the safest thing, yeah let's not mess about yeah, with, you know trying to almost be trying to outsmart ourselves, so I don't blame them in the slightest, but then of course, Checo was still out there mm. on his use soft, I think it was like lap 15 I've no lap 20 actually so he stayed out a long time mm. and Lewis caught up to him and I honestly thought yeah DRS straight he's gonna just blast past him goodbye Checo and then they'll just come on the radio and say yeah good job Checo you held him up for one corner the end but it definitely was not was not that what an unbelievable that was a Fernando Alonso-esque it job was. in terms of defense it was and I can't believe it. I mean the the race craft that Checo showed you can and I've been saying this all season you can criticize Checo for his for his kind of like you know raw pace and for sure he's not you know it's he's not quite his best in that car he's not quite comfortable but that race craft that ability is just top notch yeah I mean
1: it's it's you
0: can't argue like it, it was fantastic he literally again you know Fernando
1: was defending against Lewis at Hungary to sp- help his teammate out and Perez did the exact same thing. Like he said afterwards, you know, I don't think anyone can begrudge, you know, Lewis can't begrudge Sergio for doing it is, is supporting his teammate at the end of the day. Would be the exact same if it was the other way. Yeah, round. of course it would. And yeah, I mean, Sergio did a fantastic job. He, you know, Mr. Tire management, kept some light, kept enough life in those softs, yeah. kept enough battery. I mean, like 20, um, that's crazy. That yeah, I know, right. And it's like, he, he smashed it and yeah, just did a, made that red ball as wide as he could he positioned it correctly you know almost like kind of letting lewis pass. before that i think when it was in it was into turn six where he kind of let lewis pass but then yeah went back up the inside i thought by the way i mean so good
0: maybe a little bit controversial i thought that was a bit sloppy from lewis to down that back straight when obviously perez did have the drs behind him I thought it was a bit sloppy to leave the inside line open. Because think, if you're against a driver who's on used softs twenty yeah. laps in, make him go the long way, make him go around the outside because he cause Lewis can also brake later on his brand new tires yeah, into yeah, that yeah. brand new I think it's turn turn nine. Mm. I thought to leave the inside line like that a little bit sloppy in my opinion by Lewis. I mean
1: perhaps, but I suppose again you come back to was it Turkey when they had a little battle as well where, yeah. where Sergio was defending against never Lewis? You know, Lewis had everything to lose. Checo had nothing to lose, and, and I think you know you could see it in the way that Lewis, you know, did eventually get past. But you know, if 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 both drivers had more to lose, then I think that plays out a bit differently. Yeah. Checo could afford to just, you know, I'm going to send it up the inside. I'm going to, you know, slow down on the apexes to really compromise Lewis's line. You know, it was Max, right, to be fair. Max made up six seconds on one lap. That's exactly. how that's how much Checo was sandbagging and basically and defending and it was so good it was quality it was it was on the cusp but it was it was it yeah. was never over the line On that, in that hotel section
0: good. there was a bit of early breaking you could see exactly what he was <clears> doing but it wasn't it wasn't erratic it wasn't i think over the line no, it was just very not. smart defending and he knew exactly what his assignment was and it only took i mean a lap later obviously lewis was eventually going to get past, but in terms of the numbers i think at the beginning of lap 20 the gap between Lewis and Max was 8.7 seconds. At the end of lap or, yeah, kind of just as Max went past Checo on lap 21, the gap was like 1.2 seconds. Unreal. I mean, that's like Agent six or seven checker. seconds. I
1: just remember going into, I think it's going into turn six that the camera was looking at Sergio and Lewis and then it kind of zoomed out a bit and then Verstappen's and like right there. there. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> he's Brilliant. like, cool, right <laughs> up. Like it's, it's hard to get, you're watching the battle and then it's difficult to like, you can't perceive how quickly max is, is is gaining and look one one thing i will say you ne- you never know on this but obviously the medium tire probably you know if, if checo was on mediums for that defense would he've been able to hold up lewis for a bit longer because it was like max caught up to them just as lewis finally got it done yeah. um obviously you know they had to they both put on softs to get through q2 um, in the end, we'll never know if Checo had have mediums because again, he's Mr. Tire Management. He... I did
0: think it was a bit strange that Checo was on the mediums in qualifying, actually. Mm. I mean, I, I totally understand why Max was because he locked up and like, that's totally, uh, you know, I totally understand. I don't know why they put Checo on him. maybe just to keep the drivers in kind of the same window, but I thought it was a little bit strange. Yeah, I think Checo was like it. struggling that much, was he?
1: No, uh, look, his pace, you know, his pacing quality wasn't am- amazing. Like his practice pace wasn't amazing. Yeah. I did think going into qualifying that, you know, if if any second driver was going to be up there supporting it would have been bottas. And and you've got to look at the average qualifying position I think before this race between Valerie. I think Valtteri was like three point five around that and Checo's yeah. is like six point five. So that that's a huge gulf. That. That's three whole
0: positions that Checo on average finishes you know, but qualifies behind. Sorry, but... When it came down to it, the race that mattered, the title decider, one drive one second driver was there and the other one wasn't. And I think Let's talk a little bit, just a little detour into, yeah, talk about Valtteri Bottas. Um, A really bad race, a really bad weekend, in my opinion. This was, I know it's his kind of Mercedes Mm -hmm. Swan song, but he almost didn't even look like he was up for it. It didn't look like, let me just like, this race was so bad in terms of like, he qualified poorly, but you know, that happens to everyone. Okay, bad qualifying session. Terrible start mm-hmm. in terms of like he, Lost I think two he qualified, positions. yeah. He qualified sick then at the end of the first lap, he was what behind Sainz. he like was eighth?
1: eighth, yeah. He was eighth, which yeah. is
0: shocking. And then he spent the entire first stint not being able to overtake in what was, let's be honest, the quickest car. Like, clearly, the Mercedes was a little bit quicker than the Red Bull, in, and certainly in terms of race trim. And the only time he got past Sonoda is when Yuki pitted. Yeah, I mean it was like the ultimate trifecta of of such a bad race by Valtteri. And how crucial mm. would he have been if mm. he was there right at the end?
1: Yeah, I mean that. that look, I, I know that you know after quali, you know they were talking about Bottas's engine, our old engine. They were like, "Oh, well done, Valtteri. You did you did well considering the engine." But I don't. Know, I feel like Valtteri. I'm pretty sure Valtteri's had more power units than anyone this year. I think he's had six. Yeah, maybe? that's why I was confused. That. And so, like, why? And, and this is on Mercedes as well. Like, why? Why is Valtteri having to run a, a bad power unit for this? Because this is the race you needed him up there to support, and
0: and we especially saw it with given what actually happened. By the way, I mean, could you imagine? If, exactly, like, we're going to jump ahead just a little bit, but imagine for all during the safety car at the end of the five laps or the last five laps, if he was like in third place, mm-hmm. you know, and Max Max can't really pit, mm. like just little things like that. So it was just.
1: It's absolutely, like, it's completely true, and, and I think again, look, I, th- I think you know we've seen this too many times from Valtteri when he hasn't been able to make moves through the field, like we always see Max, always yes. see Lewis do that. always, and Checo, like, Checo's yeah. racecraft is up there. Checo most of the time at the start of the he season he was bad. struggling, yeah, but yeah, definitely, like now he he's got the racecraft, he's got more comfortable in that Red Bull that he can move through the field. You know, Valtteri's been at that team for what five years, and you know, he knows that car, and he's not being able to move through the field. I, I Again, I think Mercedes have to take some of the blame because wh- again, why why is he getting more power units than anyone else and still got that excuse for the final race of the season? That's a bit odd to me. Um, but yeah, ultimately Valtteri wasn't up there to support Lewis where, you know, over the course of Lewis's career, Valtteri's usually been pretty consistently up yeah. there. I think overall this season, he's not, you know, in the races if he does fall back, he, he struggles to come through the field. And and like you alluded to, you know, by the end of the race, if Valtteri was up there, then things could have ended up very differently.
0: And also, I don't want to kind of be 100% (laughs) negative towards Valtteri because in the bigger picture of the 2021 season, he's third in the championship, Checo Mm -hmm. is fourth. And Mercedes are constructors titles. I mean, I don't think they're really, no one is really talking about that, but it is what it is. I mean, he kind of, he he was still there at the end in terms of like over the course (laughs) of the entire season, but does it kind of balance out in terms of like he was poor in in the final decider, so they didn't win the drivers but he was there for the constructors over the course of the entire season
1: yeah I, th- I think it was just like you know it kind of summed up Valerie's mercedes career you know practice he was looking really strong he was looking close to lewis i think in in, in most of the practice sessions um but when it mad wasn't there and i think that's been a story against his kind
0: of whole yeah. kind of time at mercedes you know what i mean i think it was one of those kind of weekends where just just box ticking <laughs> let, let me get to alfa romeo And uh, yeah, we'll see what he can do uh, next season. I'm sure he's going to improve because without the pressure, long-term contract, he's going to improve, but it was a bad one.
1: Yeah. But I mean, he got his dive bomb in the, uh, in the Yas Marina Marina. That was brilliant. (laughs) Fair
0: play. I mean, he just, he just went for it. But anyway, (laughs) let's skip a little bit. So let's go back to the whole Sergio Perez after that kind of happened. We then get kind of the twist that I think we were, we were looking for in terms of the virtual safety car because of Antonio Giovinazzi. Now, Obviously, in that scenario, there isn't... Mercedes, again, they're kind of... And we'll talk about this also a little bit later, but Mercedes were boxed in because they were the leader. They cannot Mm. pit in that situation. They've got to keep Lewis out. Max did pit and come out, I think it was around 18 seconds and kind of exactly what we expected Max to do.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, up, up until the VSC, the race had pretty much... You know, plateaued. There wasn't yeah. really too much going on. I think Lewis um, was gaining a few tents but it wasn't much. Exactly, it wasn't like Max was catching Lewis. It was, it, it felt like by that that stage, and you know, I was like, you know, it's going to take something crazy for Max to get an opportunity to win this race. <laughs> and um, yeah, Pretty exactly. of that as well. Yeah, Jovanazzi breaking down. Obviously, this is this is the thing. You, you can never say never because it just it does just take a safety car. There are you know, you know, there were 19 cars starting this race. You know, it, it takes anyone um, for a mechanical failure. And we saw, you know, we saw Jovanazzi, We saw, you know, Raikkonen as well. He had a kind of brake by wire failure, I think it was. Yeah. Um, George Russell also pulled up. So we had cars kind of, you know, slowing and, and you know, George got it back to the pits. Kimi got it also back to the pits. Um, but like you say, Antonio did have to pull over at the side of the track, which triggered the VSC, which meant Max got a
0: cheap pit stop. And to be fair, I thought that's the drama, that's the title decider. That's the thing that's going to kind of make this race in yes. terms of now we've got a proper kind of last into the finish. Yep. Max Verstappen on, I think it was brand new, or I don't know if it was brand new, but I think it was either one lap, like scrub set basically, but mm. almost brand new, uh, hard tires. I think mm-hmm. he had about, what was it, 38 laps to go or something like that. Yeah. I think it was like something like that, but 17 or 18 second gap to Lewis. Can he make it up? Can he win this title? Can Lewis hold him off? That's what I thought the drama mm-hmm. was. At the time, I genuinely thought, I think Max has got it because... Mm-hmm. As the race progresses, I think he, I think uh, it was Bono that said Max needs eight tenths a lap, which I thought was actually quite a lot, but I thought as the race progresses, if there's no more safety cars, I think Lewis might be a little bit in trouble. I mean, how did you feel at the time in terms of seeing that gap? Is Max going to make it at the end? Is he going to overtake Lewis for the win and the championship?
1: Because, because I thought, you know, Max was gaining pace on Lewis, but not at the rate he needed to. But then I was just like, well, yeah, but Lewis's tires are about 20, 25 laps. I can't remember what it was, but like they're significantly older So their pace will drop off. I know Lewis said on the team radio again, was this true or not? He was like, I'm not going to be able to keep up this pace, man. And it's like, uh, will he? Like, maybe not. Like, obviously he's, he's he's hard drama. Yeah. They're they're a lot like, they're a lot older. So, Again, I anticipated the same and that gap, you know, was coming down and then obviously you, it kind of coming up to track.
0: It was about 11 seconds. It kind of leveled off. Well, that's the thing
1: because when Lewis had to negotiate, you know, there was a bit, there was a bit of a train, wasn't there? With like yeah. Leclerc, Ricardo, Ocon, Alonso, I think it was. And, you know, yeah. Lewis managed to navigate they'll, that they'll come in in a little while. They were indeed. And, and, you know, he lost a couple of seconds to Max there, but then, you know... Then, the the, yeah, like you say, it just kind of hovered at 11 seconds. And then I was just like, well, is Lewis just extracting too much from these tyres now? Or maybe, and Lewis has always, and he's not given credit for it, but he's always been phenomenal at managing his tyres. I know he moans a lot about it, but a lot of that's going to be like code. Come on. like You communicate with your team without everyone else knowing, of course. In a
0: strange, I think it's almost a mental thing with Lewis as well. I've talked about this before in terms of like, my tyres are gone. I think he needs people to almost encourage him just a little bit, just to have that maximum support. Mm -hmm. But... I mean, yeah, we talked about Lewis's pace was incredible and he was managing the tyres. That was, as a race, that, you know, I, maybe I'll criticise Lewis for a few of the moves, but in terms of the race pace and just what he did, that was incredible. Like, it was mm. kind of his race. Lewis drove a perfect Grand Prix. I, from the big, from the start, then to the tyre management. Yes, it took him a lap maybe to overtake Checo, but after that, it was, it looked yeah, pretty good. Like,
1: apart from, again, the incident we've already talked about where he probably, I think we agree, he should have, Given the position back.
0: Yeah. Um I still think Lewis would have overtook him later, but yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. But but like in terms of his pace, in terms of his tire management, he drove a Perfect race, and you know the the way that he carried. You know, I, I, I was I was saying like, you know, if he, if, he, if he does win this race, he needs to get them hard tires and like frame them on a wall or something because put it right you know, into the
0: inters from Turkey. Yeah, last year. he just
1: nursed them, and, and again that gap to Max was was always looking comfortable because again I think track position was huge, and again that's why it was so significant that Lewis got such a fantastic start, got ahead of Max, and then stayed ahead of Max, whether again he should have or shouldn't have is is questionable, but ultimately he had the pace and he had track position, which meant that you know it was looking pretty comfortable for Lewis.
0: It was, and then it was about, past tense about <laughs> six or seven laps to go. Lewis looked again. I think it plateaued to around eleven seconds or so. I mean, Lewis, that was a champion drive by him. He was on the way to his world title. I'm not gonna lie, my dad literally stood up and said, "Yeah, Lewis is won and just walked away with about five laps to go. And I was like, "Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that. I can't." He actually, I was like, "No way." And then something we didn't see was there was a certain <laughs> battle at the back of the field uh, between Mick Schumacher and Nicholas Latifi. <clears throat> totally I mean, what you know, whatever. Sure, fair enough. Have a have a nice it's, time. It was a good little battle, you yeah. know,
1: side by side going through that long left hander. I can't even remember what corner it is called now. Um what turn, turn it is, nine. Turn nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a good little battle, that, because we haven't been able to see Mick. Like racing wheel to wheel because yeah. that has been so far off the pace so much this year. But actually, to got tell his what, elbows out. Yeah, and it was it was you know, maybe pushed him a little bit wide. Maybe I mean, yeah, it's one of them that is probably you know because of the runoff, it wasn't like the teeth he had to get right out of it. He could still stay there and, and continue the battle. Like you know, Silverstone 2019, Leclerc, Verstappen. You know that yeah. they were both off track at times, but also they could maintain the momentum and carry on racing for like corner after corner. So it was an interesting little battle. It was alright. I mean, no one was ever going to talk about it. Yes. but it's just it's just a, you know fighting for P sixteen, fifteen, whatever it was. Like. Who, who doesn't want to finish last? Yes. Basically, just,
0: yeah. The went no, no. a little bit wide, got a little bit of dust perhaps on his tyres, and then three corners later, with about I think it was like six or seven laps to go, he just he just nailed it, didn't he? Nailed the apex, went Beautiful. through, and oh, then no, carried on. Oh, hang on a minute. He's binned it. Oh no, he's binned it with oh. five laps to go, exactly where Kimi Raikkonen did in FP two. Yeah. And at that point, my heart dropped like, what is going on here? I I just,
1: I remember seeing top left corner of the screen, yellow Sector 3. And I was like, what's happened? Because Sector 3, if you're going to crash in Sector 3, that's where you crash in Sector 3. And yeah, binned it. And then his car's kind of like, it's like perpendicular to the track. Um, didn't they have to get fire extinguishers on it as well? They I think, did. I, I genuinely thought, a... so
0: this is where it's kind of, this is where it gets messy, let's be honest. So I thought it was going to be a red flag actually because first of all, I thought, oh, you know, the whole Kimi Raikkonen incident and the car was really like, again, you said, perpendicular to the track. So a proper hazard. Uh, but apparently Michael Mazzi said that going into the race, there was a bit of an agreement with the teams that it would be, I forget what the specific language, language was, but it would be preferable for the mm-hmm. race to not be red flagged and at least finish under green. But... Again, then we got the safety car, and this is where it really. But off. also
1: preferable to finish the race under green, having had a red flag, yeah. than finish the race under a safety car. I imagine as well. Exactly. Surely.
0: There was yeah. They were basically saying they don't really want a red in in the title decided, just because then it throws in another aspect. Because again, people are really unhappy about the fact that some people can change can change tires, some people can't. So he was trying to avoid a red, and apparently the teams were kind of you know with that. But then we got an interesting situation where, of course, go. Max Verstappen pits. Mm-hmm. He has nothing to lose. He's got Perez behind him, so obviously quite a long way behind him as well. So yep. he's got a free pit stop. Lewis Hamilton, as I said earlier, and Mercedes, they're boxed in. They literally, even looking back with hindsight, there is nothing they could have done. Well, in no, that because,
1: race. again, if the race finishes under safety car and Lewis pits, Max doesn't you pit. you
0: imagine?
1: Um, like that would have been even... Oh God, I can't even begin yeah. to imagine. Can like, you losing. imagine if Lewis
0: Hamilton is brought in oh, under the safety car? Because again, that would be the safe thing to do. But there was about five or f- six laps to go. Like it was so tight. That would be tragic for a whole different set of reasons. That would have been <laughs> so bad by Mercedes. So Mercedes were boxed in. They didn't yeah. have they were snooking essentially. Like they mm. could not do anything. Nice snooker reference. He likes snooker this. One. I do. <laughs> uh, and then obviously Max Verstappen came out and we had this situation where we didn't know what's going on. The full, obviously it was the full safety car at the time. We had Lewis, we had five back markers in between them, which also, by the way, and I'll talk about this maybe a little bit later, but that can happen. Like when you take a pit stop, yep. that's the risk you also run in terms of having backmarkers and Max on soft tires. And two laps to go, we don't know what's going on. Mazzy and uh, Christian Horner and Toto Wolf, it's all kicking off on the on the radios. And then all of a sudden, backmarkers can overtake and just a few seconds later safety car comes in what was your emotions actually just live what was your emotions when My, you saw that
1: confusion visible confusion i i was obviously you know going to the race i i i didn't know the i don't know i've not you know just because I, I do f1 youtube doesn't mean i, I you know read the technical regulations you, you every night before with the, bed uh, with the sporting i know, you, your do. Bedside. I know maybe, you do. i know you maybe That's your doorstop um but no i, I think um yeah I, I was like you know They'd said right, but I understood. I was like, okay, so there's there's people there's backmarkers behind between Lewis and Max, and you know they're not letting them unlap themselves. And I was like, oh, okay, well, okay, cool. Like, no, that's just, fine. That just happens. Um, and then and then there was like, oh no, they can. So it was like, okay, so you've just changed your mind on a rule that should be a pretty black and white rule. Like you can either, you know, like like. I know it's up to... My understanding is it's up to the race director to, to to say, right, either all
0: lapped cars can unlap themselves or none. And... Those are the two, like, any. actual... Th- those are the two actual options in terms of, like... Yeah. So we've got two laps to go. You can either let the lap cars pass, but mm-hmm. in that scenario, the race would have had to finish under the safety car because mm-hmm. the rules say that the safety car then has to come in the lap after. Mm-hmm. Or you can if you again if you're so hellbent and by the way this is actually not even hellbent but it's a totally fair kind of thing to say i want the race to end on the green you know Mm -hmm. just to make it just to give the fans the kind of a green light finish that they want. yeah but in that case the the lap cars have to stay there yeah and because
1: there's there wouldn't be time for them to get ahead of the safety car and then have a whole extra lap at the end before the safety car comes in
0: so instead of that, we got kind of, and again, we'll, we'll get into it now, but it was kind of an in-between decision in terms of like, let's bring the safety, let's bring the lapped cars over anyway, and the safety car in straight mm. away, like right now. Mm. And then we got that final lap and it kind of felt a little bit, as soon as I saw that, I was like, that feels a bit strange. Like I just, I got a bad feeling in terms of like yeah. something doesn't quite feel right. And mm. we got, we did get a final lap showdown at Lewis on 44 old lap hards. Max Verstappen on a brand new surf softs. and in the end, I mean, look,
1: I think you know people have argued the semantics about oh, you know, in, oh, in the regulations it says any, not all. Yes. It's like okay, if if I say oh, does does anybody in this room ha- like cheese? Well, I'm, I'm 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 addressing everyone, like just because I said anybody, yeah, not any, just me, but like, any can mean all. And and it clearly does. Okay, that's just put that to, to one side because be like, oh, any doesn't mean all. No, it does. Um, But also, again, my understanding is that there is also another article which basically, with the safety car, it allows the race director to basically do what they like. Yeah, and as far as I'm aware, that is written in the rules. That is stipulated in the rules that the race director can, which is obviously what Michael Massey has done here. He has decided, he has made a conscious decision to uh, allow only the lap cars that were between Max and Lewis to unlap themselves. And I totally understand that. To bring that final lap showdown.
0: That's what kind of when, and obviously we know what ha- we know exactly what happened. Max Verstappen, Max what Verstappen overtook one, didn't it? No. Oh, yeah. oh. no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Max Verstappen, by the way, what a lunge. Like, apart from all of the drama, to go for the lunge there, by the way, I think it was into turn five. Again, no one saw it coming. Like, especially Lewis Deneva. Like... I thought it was a bit risky actually to go for it there. Like when you have the entire straight, there's no DRS, but mm. fair play to Max. I mean, it was always going to, if it didn't happen there, it was going to happen down, you know, the end of turn six. And if it didn't happen even there, Max was yeah, going to get him down into advantage. turn nine. Like, yeah, yeah it would have been crazy. And Max wins it on the final lap, not on the final corner, but, and he is the 2021 world champion. I just, uh, again, you, your dad must add a mare. He was fuming. He had a mare.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, I just, it's, it's one of them that obviously, look, the rules, rules, rules are there, okay, to be followed and and in all sport, there's always, you can't, um, you can't stipulate for every single potential eventuality and obviously, if it is written in the sporting regulation um, and if that is provable, that the the race director, when it comes to the safety car, the race director can do what they like, then in the letter of the rules, it, it was, it was fine, but, does that mean it's right? Does that mean it's fair? You know, no. I, I think it's one of them that, you know, Lewis, under normal circumstances, if this was the third race of the season, yeah, under normal circumstances, that race is either finishing under safety car or the cars don't up, unlap themselves and max is gonna have to pass five cars to get the opportunity to have a run and again
0: because this is something i said on my channel five cars that are battling for position themselves exactly and what i mentioned actually on a video that i did when i talked about this is that that's just you know you get lucky and unlucky in terms of like mercedes got unlucky that they were boxed in they had they couldn't do anything they couldn't pit so you're on all ties but you are leading the race max got unlucky in the sense that yes you can pit yes you can get that free pit stop but it puts the risk of their lap cars are going to pass you. That's just racing. And ultimately, and again, there was two different avenues to go. Do you want to finish under green? But sadly, the lap cars have to stay there. Or do you want to finish, you know, under the safety car? And I feel like to go... The thing is, I do understand that obviously the race director has this. And it's so, by the way, vague in terms of like he can choose, you know, a few rules or he can kind of bend the rules a little bit. Do you really want to use that on the final lap of a championship decider? Do you really want to you know using it in race 2 on like lap 40 or something when it's a little bit less consequential why would you do that on the final lap because it's so controversial to basically bend a rule because that's not what should have happened but you know by the sporting code because mm. again you've got a yeah I've, I've talked about this
1: continuously like we have the rules have to be upheld in this sport regardless of the context of yeah. where the drivers are one or two whether it's the final race of the season or the first race of the season because that, that's what happens in every sport like it doesn't matter i've used this analogy so many times if it's a champions league final and you, you you know go studs up in the second minute and get yourself a red card well it shouldn't not be a red card because oh it would ruin the game it's sending off someone after two that minutes studs up. like like and, and that's the thing like you, you there has to be and we talked it time and time again over the course of this season consistency and consistency From a safety point of view has been poor over the last couple of seasons. Consistency from a sporting point of view has been poor for the last couple of seasons. And, you know, again, you've got these rules that are there. Like if you can just have the race director just change, like just, Oh, actually I'm just going to do this. Like, the, the teams are all following the same rule book and, and Mercedes and Red Bull and Ferrari and McLaren and every single team are following these rules and they expect those rules to be enforced in the way that they're written out. And this instance was a very, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a cut and dryer case. You know, the race finishes under safety car, which plenty of races have finishes finished under actually, safety car. Actually, I want to make
0: a point about that. I get the whole, again, I understand what the save, what, what Michael Mazzi was trying to do, finish it under green, kind of give the fans that last lap of green light racing so we're not finishing slow over the line. But one thing that we're actually looking back, and I've made this point actually online, Daniel Ricciardo's first ever win Canada 2014 came under the safety car. Mm. Does that devalue it? Like, do we go, oh, you know, Ricciardo has 10 wins, but do you remember that first one, it was under the safety car. Mm. And more importantly, 2012, what a season. What an epic final race mm. also finished under the safety car when Paul De Resta crashed and Jensen yeah. Button won it. Do we look back on twenty twelve and go, Oh, do you know it was a great season, but that final race, they finished under the safety car. So it's just that it's... The, that race could have finished with one lap, but without the unlapped
1: cars, the the lapped cars unlapping themselves. Yeah. And that would have been how that rule has been implemented continuously. Through, through the years of the sport. that That's yeah. how it works. It's either all or none. And it doesn't and,
0: devalue it because, and ultimately that race is 58 laps. And like, who knows just th- how long the race distance maybe is. Maybe the like. five
1: cars would have jumped out of the way. Maybe Max would have been able to clear them and then got one opportunity going yeah. into that long left-hander. Like, maybe they do have maybe, to get out of the way. It's still blue flags. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the thing. It's, it's like, you know, and do, do those five drivers, would they, you know, would they put their... You know, own because look, we know you know certain drivers. You know, backs you know George backs Lewis and Fernando backs Max, and we we know these drivers are human beings, and 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 they're as much part of this spectacle yeah. as, as as we are as as fans. They're actually in it, and you know, I mean, like I just think it kind of it was. You know, we can talk about you know because don't get me wrong. I I think you know I think we can all agree Lewis deserved to win this race, but I think Max deserved to win the championship. I think when you look over the course of the season, you know Max got unlucky. You know. Baku, tire blowout, completely out of his control. Hungary, Bottas runs into him. You know, Silverstone, Lewis is very lucky to not DNF as well. You replay that accident a thousand times and both cars DNF 990 times, if you ask me. Like, the speed that they were going. You know, Max has not had his luck earlier in the season. He's been so consistent, you know, top two every single race, apart from Hungary, which it was a miracle he finished with no bargeboard. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Lewis deserved to win this race. Uh, Max deserved to win the championship. But, you know these rules are there for a reason. And if the race director, should the race director have that power to just, Oh, actually, no, we're just going to do that. And, and, and consciously make a decision that is not the norm because of the context. I don't agree with that. That's not sport. That's not
0: sport. And even actually we talked about the five cars, but the thing is this, what Michael Mazzi did is so much more complex than just one kind of decision. Even the five cars. Why was it only five? Because if you're, if you're kind of, if it's fair for the entire field, Carlos Sainz, I think, had a car robbed. in between both. Carlos the... Sainz robbed of an opportunity to battle for exactly, and that's the thing. Why the P2, was it only P1? those cars between Lewis and Max? Because Carlos Sainz uh, was behind Max Verstappen, but there was a lap car in between. I them. think there were two lap cars between. There were Max two lap cars. And Carlos, so I think I know that he's not fighting for the title, but that's irrelevant. That doesn't matter. If, exactly, if that was You're treating matter. the drivers the same over the course of the entire season. Why did Carlos Sainz not get an opportunity we to fight for change second in the, the race? Win
1: based on this being the final race of the season, with two, we can't. You, you can't do that. That's not sport. That's that, that's not how any sport works. Like it is not you have to be consistent with the rules and this is what we've asked for continually consistency from both sides and you know i hear people saying oh fia mercedes bias fia red bull bias no
0: why did hamilton not get a penalty on lap one then if they're so you know biased one way
1: you can't have it both ways like there's been plenty of instances right where i think that the the sporting integrity of maintaining the rules and following the rule book, which, you know, you might not like it if it finishes under safety car. But if that's the way it plays out, that's the way it plays out. And there's only a certain amount of laps as well. Yeah, exactly. And it's like... But, that's that's but, racing. But ch- yeah, exactly. And it's like changing the rules based on... The circumstance. You know, the circumstance. And, the the circumstance and, and to maximise entertainment, the entertainment value, the spectacle isn't what sport is you know that's like bernie's saying sprinklers well yeah sure sprinklers at every race Sprinklers on the last lap yeah sure every race would be more entertaining but no that's clearly not what we want you know what i mean and it it, that shouldn't be the, the be all and end all and obviously you've got this race where you know it had kind of settled before that latifi incident it had kind of settled down you can't tell me i'm sorry you can't tell this is the richest sport in the world you can't tell me that there can't be a team and i'm not just saying michael massey i'm saying that play out, right, if if a, if a car's, because cars can crash at any period, right, if there is a safety car, what do we do? Do we red flag the race straight away? In context, red flag would have been the best outcome because you would have got Lewis and Max both on softs for about four laps to yeah. fight. But also, I'm not, I don't know how, because a red flag's meant to be a safety thing. It's not meant to be a, right, we're putting a red flag out because there's, I think there could have been, you know, you look where Latif is positioned and the fact that his car was partially on fire as well. I think when you look at when I, I did look at the sporting code for that specific, in terms of when to bring out a red flag and it is, it is very open to, it, to interpretation. I think it could have been interpreted in a way that they would have brought out a red flag and it would have been not just a sporting decision. Like I Lateef think i back to the fact it. that
0: it was Martin Brundle that said actually after the race that he talked to Mazzy before the race and said that they don't want to bring a red flag out. It was, it's, that was actually, well, Michael they said Masi's it after Kimmy didn't they?
1: They said yeah. it after the Kimmy crash,
0: but, but why? I don't know. I think it was the teams that kind of agreed, you know, but let's try and keep the red flags out because they don't want what they didn't want. I mean, again, this is before the race. They didn't want that whole tie situation where Max got to change his tires in, in uh, Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. But to me, I actually, I'm not, As against the whole like change of tires under the uh, under red flag because ultimately a red flag is usually because of a crash and if you've got say a slow puncture or a tire that's compromised you can't just send it back out. I think perhaps they should change it to the same compound. Maybe that's something they could change, but it's a weird one. Yeah.
1: Initially, the whole like red flag change tire rule, I was a bit, I was very much like against it. But to be fair, I mean, just imagine, say for example, like um, everyone else is pitted, you've gone long, then there's a red flag. And you can't change your tires, then you know you're going to basically have to pit straight away as soon as, and then you'll be at the back of the field. So it's one of them that if it goes against you, then you're going to feel hard done by. It swings and roundabouts when it comes is to swings race and rides. roundabouts. But um, but yeah, I just I just think it was such a you know you've got a, a decision to make. Well, let's just say because uh, we've complained about this, but like if you were Michael Massey and you see
0: Latifi's crashed, yeah, what do you do as race director? Okay. I wouldn't have put the red flag out because again, if that's the agreement that you do with the teams, if they don't want that for the show, that's totally fine. Ultimately, I also get that he wants to finish the race under a green. That's again, I, I understand that, you know, behind that again, I don't, I wouldn't personally care. It doesn't, doesn't make the championship worse. If the, if the last race finishes under safety car, I would have kind of, I would have finished it under green, but I would, I would have just left the, the kind of the lap cars there. And mm-hmm. I would have just said to Red Bull, you know, Unlucky. You know, you you pitted, yes, you got brand new tires, you kind of risked it a little bit, but you were also behind in the first place. So it's just unlucky that that those lap cars were there in the first place. Yeah. And I would have finished the last lap under the under green flags, but I would have left the lap cars there because you have to. Mm. Otherwise, if you don't, again, the safety car has to do another lap and we do then finish under the safety car, which isn't doesn't look as nice. Yeah. But instead, again, I talk that's what I said in terms of Michael Mazzy chose a middle option, a kind of contrived scenario. And it isn't a random point in the season. This is for the title. He knows that. And is this the best time to really pull something out of your backside in terms of a rule that doesn't exist? Mm. Like, when you know it decides the title. And the fact that it has decided the title, I do, I feel sorry for both the drivers. Because none of them, this is not a Mercedes or Red Bull thing. This is not a Lewis Hamilton or Max Verstappen thing. Like, I I wouldn't say Lewis was robbed because, like, ultimately it can happen. But at the same time, like, it almost kind of, it took away from Max winning the title because ultimately this decision side of the title. And is this the right time to pull something out of your backside on the last lap? I, I would have just kind of, I would have just stood back and if there's any criticism, I would have just said, I did things by the letter of the law and Lewis won the race.
1: Yeah, uh, that is that is the problem because Massey can't really defend himself with the rule book because he consciously overrode the rule in the rule book, which again, if that is, enti- if he is entitled to do that as race director, that he can choose what he wants to do with a safety car, then if that's in the rules and that's in the rules, but it's a conscious human decision. Yeah. You, you look throughout the season, like Max's tyre blowing out, even like Bottas and Stroll taking out loads of cars in Hungary, you know, those drivers, they made mistakes. They made sporting mistakes. This is a external refereeing decision that has completely changed the, because, because ultimately, you know, Max, you know, if, if they'd have been on the same tyre, then it would have been a, you know, a fair fight, a fairer fight. Lewis would have had trap position. Lewis would feel a bit hard done by that. He's having to defend against Max, given how, you know, far ahead. But I think you could accept that. From, from my point of view, looking at that Latifi incident straight away, personally, for me, it's you're so close to the end of the race as well. I think there was enough there to justify I, I would have pulled a red flag out personally. I, I know they talked about it beforehand, but you can still... You're still finishing the race yeah. under green. It's just that you're putting that right. You're essentially pausing it, right? Pause, right? There's been a crash. You know, there is fire as a component perpendicular. If it was just like, if it was, you know, how jovin actually pulled over to the side of the track you can't red flag that no yeah that's no a way.
0: vsc that's I, I understand that yeah but
1: latifi you know it, it's a quick corner that people have crashed at and it's slightly off camber and he's, he's gone into the wall he's perpendicular to track there is a fire element to it there is enough if you read the regulations there's enough to to be like okay i can justify bringing out a red flag he yeah. kind of pulls the race basically and then you get that little kind of you know you, you've got you know everyone in order everyone's on soft tires battle to the end. You still get your spectacle that you wanted. I I think that's a justifiable um, implementation and I think it's a fairer outcome. I know it's very, very, don't get me wrong, it's very easy to say in hindsight, but I think we deserve higher standards because this is the most expensive sport in the world and, you know, this sport is, this, this has been an incredible season and it's just such a, you know, again, I think Max deserved the championship over the course of the season, but this is such a, Lewis didn't deserve to lose it like that because, he did everything he could in the last four races. And again, and... this is
0: not Brazil 2008 last no. lap. That was a racing situation. That exactly. was wet weather you choose. And again, Felipe Massa came to the title, came to the decider a little bit back on points. Like mm. you're always going to be the underdog and you're always going to be at the mercy of what uh, the guy that's ahead in the championship can do. So it was completely different. This was a conscious choice and a mistake in terms of the sporting uh, regulations. And why make, again, I go back to, I understand why he made it. I understand what, what he did, but why do it when you know it's going to decide the title like it's just why get yourself into that position in the first place and ultimately again max obviously won the title and he totally deserves it. and we're gonna don't don't get me wrong we're gonna talk about max in just a minute because he is a thoroughly deserved world champion in 2021 but then of course after the race mercedes did launch a protest one was about max overtaking lewis under the safety car which obviously was never going to fly because i think it was like like literally an inch for like no, a second like yeah that was nonsense like I max agree. was just putting the pressure on he was kind of you know trying to tell Lewis hamilton like that yeah this is happening. i'm, I'm going to win yeah, yeah yeah the other one however was because in mercedes's point of view the sporting regs were not followed and after hours and hours it was dismissed by the FIA hmm. although of course let's you know let's not forget that it's the FIA investigating themselves. So <laughs> you don't... And ultimately, when you think about Formula One, really it's think true. about it because this is now going to go higher. We don't know what's going to happen now in terms of like, Yeah, Mercedes straight away actually lodged an intent to uh, appeal, didn't they? Yes. And that's not, you know, the FIA investigating themselves. That This might go really high. I don't think there is any chance that this uh, result is overturned because when you actually think about it, could you imagine like Formula One and the FIA are going to fight this to the death? Because we saw... and millions, tens of millions, maybe even hundreds of millions people saw Max Max Verstappen cross the line and be the Formula One world champion. There is Formula One are going to do everything in their power, even if there is precedent that the FIA did something wrong to keep that because that's what the world saw and that's what needs to happen. So I don't think that there's any chance that this gets overturned, but Mm. I would not be surprised because... Again, this was this was a big issue. And even though Mercedes might not get the result in terms of Lewis being the world champion, I think they might take it all the way and maybe might even have some kind of political bargaining. Yeah. A little bit of leverage now after this.
1: I, I, I think it's we haven't heard much official from Toto, from Lewis. Um, obviously, we've seen the statements from Mercedes, their intent to appeal, blah, blah, blah.
0: <laughs> to be fair, though, I did see there was a brilliant video. Did you see that Toto Wolf video? Yes, and Boas as well. So basically, Both on it after you know <laughs> after it did calm down just a little bit. I mean, they are still constructors' titles, which is you know fair enough to Mercedes. Was it five in a row now? It's yeah, yeah, good money. Exactly. Um, no, way more than five in a row. But anyway, the point is, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say exactly. Uh, but the point is, yeah, the title was like crowd-serving or something. So once he did let his head down, clearly he was kind of you know a little bit more relaxed. But the point is that we don't know where this is going to go. Apparently, to be fair, the decision could be made as we're recording because I think it's 48 hours after after the uh, dismissal. So any time now, basically, if they want to take it even further to the Court of Appeals. Yeah, and, and that's that's the
1: thing. I'm not sure again, we've just heard he say, I you know, I don't know if it's true. Apparently Lewis has said, you know, he doesn't want it to be pursued any further. But I, I think there is, you know, no one I, I've spoken to a lot of you know diehard Hamilton fans who are like, no, you can't like it's done. You can't overturn the decision. That would just bring the whole sport into even more disrepute. I think what needs to happen this needs to be a learning experience for the sport, for the for the way that it's handled, for the way that it's managed. We're going into 2022, fresh new regulations. It's this fresh start, you know, the Liberty Media dream. And we're coming into it with just this sense of like... It's like a sour taste after yeah. such a great season. Because there's been so many, so many like poor, inconsistent, you know, no one's happy about it. The drivers weren't happy
0: after I don't, Brazil. I think the one thing, and I see this on Twitter all the time... Max and Lewis fans can't agree on anything but they can agree that the FIA has been shocking this season. Oh yeah. That's the only thing that they yeah. can both agree
1: on. Oh yeah. I, I did a tweet about it and it banged because it collectively everyone can, you know, come. But but it's true. Like that's the thing over the course of the year there's been times where, you know, a Mercedes fan or a Red Bull fan you'll feel hard done by. They're taking the context of the season and, and the drivers involved into consideration which they shouldn't be and we need to, ne- this needs to be a learning experience. That's all I'm going to say for for yeah. next year because you know, we can't, we can't go into, yeah, you can't go into 2022. There's all this excitement about the new regulations. You want to get new, you know, teams on board as well. This isn't, this isn't going to help F1's image from a commercial
0: point of view. It's a weird all. situation because they say, you know, what is it? All publicity is good publicity. It's obviously people are talking not about for it, Porsche and Audi invi- if they want to come into F1. Exactly. And especially after like, I think it was like uh, the, uh, there was an endurance championship in Bahrain that mm. also ended in controversy, in controversy by the yes, way. Yes, there was. But yeah, lucky we didn't see a crash uh, in F1. But the point is that, there was. for me, <laughs> I'm not one of those people that says, you know, get Mazzy out there or anything like that, because who would you put in? Like, don't get me wrong. I understand that it's on him. And although it is a high-pressure job, and I would not want to be in charge of that, that's for sure. But it is, it's still, not to be all uh, Roy keen about it, but it that's his job. Like, he's supposed to get it right. And I think just... Yeah, again, you said learning experience. Does he need more people around? Does he need more people with a bit more experience of just like, okay, should we just, you know, kind of discuss it or stuff like that? So it has to be a learning experience. And I feel like on the Mercedes side, and I mentioned it, they're not going to get Lewis to win the title. That's I can guarantee that ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time, but they're going to want something back because they've got leverage now. Like perhaps they want something maybe be under, under the table as it is. Mm. They're going to want something about for, for that. Because
1: look, obviously Charlie Whiting passing away, you know, very suddenly, very tragically, like it was always going to be a big task for someone to come in, but Michael Massey's not a novice. He's not a newbie. He, yeah, he yeah. was like race director. I think V8 supercars for a long time. Like, you know, the, the man's got experience. um, And I think it's, it's quite right that we expect this to be officiated in the correct way. I don't know. I, I just feel like there's such a lack of confidence in, um, in Massey at the moment, I think it's, it's a very, very difficult. That's a, that's a very difficult thing to turn around. Even if like next year he's, he's, you know, everything's nailed and people are generally happy. Like, you know, that, that lack of confidence that it appears, not just the fans, but the the drivers and the teams, because the drivers and the teams have spoke out about inconsistency as well. And it's like, you know, confidence is such a huge part. And I think there was a real confidence in Charlie White. And I think it's huge shoes to fill um i i understand that but also yeah maybe it is you know having more people involved and just planning out for more potential scenarios again the money exists to employ these people to officiate the sport properly. That's not, that's not a good enough excuse if you ask me. And yes, I know that what happened with Latifi crashing, you know, we, we had a short period of time, but then making a decision, they can't unlock un- un- themselves. Then they can. Why can they? Because you want to maximize the entertainment. Like that's not right. That's yeah. not right. And, and I don't get, and th- th- this is the thing. This isn't a Lewis. This isn't a Max thing. This is, you know, I understand. I completely get why Hamilton fans feel so begrudged. And you can't tell me if the shoe was on the other foot, if you're a, if you're a Max fan, you wouldn't feel exactly the same. You would feel cheated out of it. And that would Christian and Red Bull it. would be doing exactly the same thing. Of course they would, because that's their job. You know, a job of a team principal, you know, a job of their job is to protect their drivers, protect their team. Their job is to be biased. That is the whole yeah. point. They're, they're, they're there to show and shout their side of the argument as loud as possible you can't begrudge them for that I didn't like what Toto was doing in the race saying like that was oh horrible, don't yeah. bring out the safety car that can't be that can't be allowed to happen you can't have a manager
0: in the ref's ear roll. That, that that's not that's not right that, and all I should say exist. because I said that I said this on Twitter and got flamed by it it's it's not just Toto we're talking about all of these of course they're all guilty you know, of it yeah but the thing is like you know Christian Horner as well but we're talking about that exact example in terms of uh, I think it was Toto coming in saying what was it put our safety car please put- don't." Bring out the safety car, please. Exactly, yeah, that is... I, un- I actually understand them reacting to a decision, you know, saying, oh, you can't do this, Michael, stuff like that. That's, you know, that's emotion. Whether Michael should be listening to that or not, I don't know, but that's pure emotion. But you should not be coming on and saying, trying to influence the race director, by the mm. way. And I'm talking for everyone, not just Toto. That's just the example, but Christian Horner, Frederick Vasseur, whatever. So yeah, that's a very slippery slope. They kind of need to, I think, stop and, that. And again, I don't begrudge the team principles for doing it, but they shouldn't be
1: allowed to do it. The rules shouldn't allow. And I think I read something this morning could be wrong, but I think I think Ross They're Braun's alluded to, like, to yeah. it's going to be more like a one-way, like the race director can, can, can communicate to the teams, and then you've got like I don't know if it's like buttons that you can press to be like standard responses, so that you can't influence because Stand- that that shouldn't that shouldn't be allowed. La- and, and you know, Michael, you sh- like a
0: pre-recorded like messages. <laughs> no,
1: no, no. <laughs> That would, that would actually call it. That would be great. And and look, I get the FIA team radios. They're, they're entertaining. Okay, you've got, you know, you've got. Um, who's the the sporting director at Sporting? Things right? like Jonathan Wheatley. Or Jonathan something? Wheatley. I mean, yeah, his job is to be a Karen. That is yeah, literally yeah. his job. To my and they've got that at of every single Right. That's a, that's what the sporting um, the sporting guy does. But like, yeah, that that shouldn't be allowed. That's what I mean. Learning experiences. We've we've tried things out. We tried the sprint races out this year. You know, we. I think we've got enough information now to know what has and what hasn't worked. It's still been an amazing season, but it hasn't been perfect from the way it's been kind of managed and handled. Yeah. Um, Let's, let's not get it twisted. Like there's been a lot of issues. And I think going into next year, we just need to hopefully, you know, smooth it all out. And next year will be nice and drama free and all the focus will be on the racing. I know that's not going to happen,
0: I was going to say, what? Where, what? The letterman dream. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think my closing kind of points is that, number one, I'm not part of the get Mazzy out, help him. You know, clearly something, maybe talk to the drivers. I think everyone needs to sit down at the beginning of 2022, teams, drivers, Mazzy, FIA, F1, whatever, and show examples like, let's sort out what should be allowed and what's not allowed in terms of racing. Let's just get everything straightened out for the drivers. And yes, if that means kind of set a brand new precedent forget what happened in you know before 22 this is now the precedent that's totally fine with me as long as we have consistency and the last thing i want to say is that nicholas latifi like i saw some people blaming him as well like that i absolutely hate that like a crash can happen latifi deserves none of the hate that he's getting Look, i mean like, it's the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen in my I, life
1: unfortunately you've got scumbags who call themselves fans of certain drivers and whether whether they call themselves lewis fans or max fans or album fans i don't care right there's yeah, you're going to get scumbags who, who don't, you know, conduct themselves. And yeah, people saying about Mick Schumacher or, uh, we push Nicholas Wise to defend his dad's record. Shut up. What do you think? Shut from, up. from Mick Schumacher. Apparently. Shut up. Go outside and touch grass. Like, honestly, it's pathetic. Um, unfortunately, these people are going to exist. And, you know, it's we have to deal with it. Yeah. It's part of what we do as well. All the time. Um, but, Conspiracy theories. Yeah, right? Ultimately, it was an amazing season. I think Max was, over the course of 22 races, a deserving champion. Um, I think Lewis will be back. Uh, people are saying they think he's going to retire. I don't think that's going to happen. He'll be back. Uh, he'll 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 have more points to prove than way, ever next year. The way he handled it, both him and his dad, like that, phenomenal, unbelievable. The amount of respect I've got for them too. Honestly, the way like to to lose in that method, yet you still have the time and and the I could. I, that's not me. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not that level of human being. I can. I'd. I'd. Be, I'd feel far too hum hard done, by. I'd be way too bitter. And but also, if you Anthony know,
0: and Lewis were phenomenal if you know but also behind the scenes about some of the things that Yos Verstappen has said about Lewis like mm. there's going to be like really unsavory things said for like his dad and both him to kind of go over there and shake you know their hands and kind of give them a hug as well like that was you know Lewis Hamilton sounds like him as a person like I can't I couldn't believe it no like to be that kind of graceful and losing in that way
1: and, and also like Anthony knows what it's like to have your son win his first world championship and yeah. I, th- I think it's just the empathy that that they showed was, was, was top tier. And again, that, that, that's, that's the experience shining for, I think, um, Lewis being in the sport for as long as he has, he kind of, he respects it a, a lot. You know, it's like, it's like before a boxing match, a lot of, a lot of shit is thrown basically. Um, and afterwards it's way more respectful because, you know, you, you're out of that kind of pressure cooker. It's done. You can, you know, look at things more objectively. Um, you're not in, because it's finished. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's kind of, yeah, credit credit to
0: the there. Uh, and now, before we do get to the head-to-heads, because it has been a very long episode, I feel like, and I'm surprised I haven't talked about it already, but Max Verstappen, 2021 world champion. Congrats to Mercedes on the constructors, you know, whatever. Well done. Uh, but Max, I, I mean, what a season. Yep. What a driver. The four times which... You know, the four races where he's either had an incident that might not be his fault or, you know, bad luck or whatever, which I think is, what is it? Baku, Silverstone, Hungary and Monza. Mm-hmm. He's finished. He's never finished third. He's finished one, two in every single race apart from those four. I think he's most podiums of yep. anyone
1: ever. in Which a season. again, I know a lot of people. there's might... more races. Yeah, exactly.
0: And but... people, even with Lewis, you know, he's got a hundred, was it three wins now? I forget what it is now even. People say, oh, you know, there's more races now. But yes, you have to take that into account, but it doesn't take away from the incredible achievement. No, oh, you uh, still have to go out and do it. And again, again,
1: you look at the races that Max didn't finish or didn't finish in the points and he was always up there. You'd never, see, you'd never see him qualify a P8, P7 and have to make his way through. You know, on pace, he was always up there throughout the course of the season. You know, did Red Bull have the best car over the course of the year? This debate will go on. I think, um, I know Adrian knew afterwards were saying, you know, and I think... I love, Abel- that, love that he said yeah, it as well. Yeah, and, and also because I think, you know, you want to give credit to your team because Red Bull have, yeah. you know, Mercedes have been firmly on top in terms of the car for, for a long time, this whole turbo hybrid era, pretty much, um, maybe Ferrari in 2018, you, they, they were close, but um, that's the thing, like, you know, Max pulled out Perform. It, it's all well and good, having that piece of machinery there, but to extract, at the ceiling that Max did, over the course of the year, his pace, his driving performance, you can question his, his etiquette, and mate, did he overstep the line, in defence a few times, a I,
0: few, yeah. I think he did, um but, but that's what you get with him. That's the that's kind of the positive and the negative. So you can say, you yeah. know, that's just Max in a nutshell. Like I, I talk about there's no such thing as the perfect driver, both in terms of the racetrack and off the track. You know, everyone has their demons, but Max, that kind of aggressive style, that's what's won him a lot of races. Yes, you can say in places like Silverstone, like if you gave Lewis more space, that could have been a, a second place, maybe, and the title would have been wrapped up even, even sooner. But he has been, in my opinion, he has been championship caliber, and I've talked about this on a few occasions. 2019 was the first season where I was like. This guy's ready and he's finally yeah. been given the car. And in terms of the, the car thing, I, I said this on Twitter, by the way, I don't want to hear any like he did not have the car. He did not have the car, whatever. Both of them had the car to win the yeah, title. 100%. To me, it's irrelevant actually who had the quickest one because they were both, they were both good enough.
1: I think it pretty the much equaled out over the course of the season in terms 100%. of like s- some track, because they are fundamentally very different cars. You know, the, the, yeah. the M- Mercedes much longer wheelbase, you know, much lower rake, you know, twistier tracks, Red Bull long that like, you know, if you got a bus trying to do a hairpin, you imagine a bus trying to go around, you know, a, a, a Monaco, like, you know, versus like a smart car. I know that's an extreme example, but basically, um, that's the kind of easiest way to look at it. But the Red Bull RB bus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> imagine, they'll probably bring that out when they do a champions parade. But, um yeah, look, I, I agree. I, I think the drivers made the difference over the course of the year and Max consistently, you know, in terms of the mistakes that he, actual mistakes very very few and far between you know Saudi putting it into the wall there are a couple of odd ones but I think little
0: quality ones I I remember in Portamount didn't have the best Q3 could have maybe got a bit you know a bit more out of it Imola as well technically Uh, qualified by Perez lock up in Abu Dhabi as well but it's just again it's kind of happen. I mean we're talking about a 22 race season
1: yeah and and the amount of and, and again A mistake is also measured by, you know, the outcome. If you make a mistake in FP1, it's not the same as making a mistake in Q3 qualifying. Um, And yeah, I just, yeah, Max was insane this year. I'm super interested to see how much Red Bull have had to put towards this season and maybe,
0: maybe kind of inhibit their car development for next year it's a weird maybe. one because i've never and this is a really strange feeling for me i've never had a lack of confidence about a driver going back to back because there's so many more teams it's not to do with max by the way again he's he's mm. a legend now if he retires today he's world champion he's being lewis hamilton he's, Rosberg. Been, he's exactly yeah but in terms of i've never had such little confidence about driver and a team going you know winning the next year's title because ferrari i think we're going to be stronger mercedes we know have not really even been developing that they car yeah. that much they've been fully focused on next year so it's it's a weird really strange feeling but it doesn't yeah, matter. He's got it done in 2021, thoroughly deserved and what a driver, what a season as well. And it obviously must be a bit annoying
1: for Max because I think he knows over the course of the year he deserved to win, but obviously for it to to end the way it did, it must be a bit annoying in the yeah. back of his mind that like he knows he he knows he merited it, but also he knows he had to ride his luck substantially at the end of the year. And but luck wasn't on his side earlier in the year. So you know what I think it kind of it all worked out that, you know, over the course of the whole season, he's a
0: well-deserving champion. No doubt about it. So, what are we, five hours in, six hours in? Probably. Head-to-heads. Uh, let's go. Do you know what? Red Bull. I mean, they are the drivers' champions. Red Bull. You know what? On the day, I'm going to give it to Sergio Perez.
1: Because oh, yeah. he got, kept pace with Max and Lewis. Um, did an incredible defensive job. Um, you know, basically sacrificed his race. I know he got pulled out. Um, he got, he got retired because they were worried about him breaking down on track and then yeah. prolonging the safety car, which the would've... last <laughs>
0: thing you want is for Paris to break down. Oh and my then God, we do have a safety car to the finish, and they kind
1: imagine. of Imagine! I don't
0: it... blame them for, and they knew that they weren't going to win the constructors. Yeah, with their exactly, anyway.
1: exactly. But I think on the day, in terms of driving, and you like Max again. The lunge on on, on turn one was fair. I think, you know, we got the move done in the end, but I think I have to, I'm going to give it to Sergio Perez because his defensive display was incredible and it played a huge hand, like you said as well, in in Max winning that championship.
0: So for me, well done, Max, but Sergio Perez, you are taking my head to head. And actually, I do actually want to mention this about Perez because we talked about this. It's going to be a little bit convoluted, but you're going to have to stay with my maths in terms of like, I think potentially Checo kind of almost won Max the title because if you think about the gap when him and Lewis were fighting, just before, just when Lewis caught up to him, yep. it was about nine seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, if Lewis, if Lewis just passed him straight away, let's say he lost a second or even a second or two, he would have still been seven or eight seconds ahead of Max. Mm-hmm. Now, it would have done anything for the first virtual safety car, so because it obviously you know neutralizes the field. But yep. if Lewis then had that seven or eight second gap over Max, and then Max pitted under the safety car, which would have been what is it like? an uh, again, that last safety car, it would have been another what is it? 18 second stop. Mm. I think Lewis would have at the end then if he got past Checo straight away. I think Lewis at the end of the race during that safety car would have had enough time to potentially pit and get ahead of Max. I, again I haven't done the numbers, but if he do, if maybe. Checo does not hold Lewis up for 9 or 8 seconds, like that would have been tight on that safety car, but it's, maybe
1: they could have. It's uh, like what you're saying is definitely potentially true it definitely could have ended up it could I'm have been I'm not saying it is by the way it like, could have been too tight for Mercedes to to have, have merited in their mind taking that yeah. risk but you're right it, it could have there could have been enough time definitely just in terms Checo of like when
0: the safety car did come out I think Max was about 11 seconds behind Lewis and it kind of plateaued again if you add 7 or 8 seconds onto that 18 a pit stop is I think 24 something like um, that yeah under a safety car you know is it could you make it in and out in 18 17 seconds it would have been tight but that could have won. That could have. Checo potentially could have won Red Bull the
1: title. Maybe, maybe. And it's uh, there's something beautiful about the Dutch and the Mexican fans coming. I don't know. They're they're just two such passionate fan bases. Yeah. I love it. I think. I think Max and and
0: Sergio is going to be a really good mixture next year. But who are you giving the head to head to? I'm still giving it to Max, just because. Okay. Again, we talk about the entire weekend. You know, it's. I mean, to be fair, Checo did a great job, as I just explained. But I feel like they're working really well as a team. And again, you know, Checo it's still a difficult car that he had to get used to. I think we forget the fact that, oh, you know, Max is in the fastest car. They're winning the title, but that's still a difficult concept for him to get used to next year. A little bit less excuses. He's part of the team. He's part Mm. of the integral kind of the fabric of the team. He's there for the car development. That's when I think will be the real test.
1: And before we move on from Red Bull, Alex Albon on the radio after. Oh,
0: brilliant. He was the
1: first guy. My guy. I loved it. That, I think that says a lot because obviously I know there was a lot of like, oh, Red Bull was stiffed over Alex. And I never believed that. Like he didn't do a good enough job last year, ultimately. Um, But, you can tell, like, and he was on the podium moving on as the team. well. Like, right, so, I love that. That got me right in there. I'm not gonna lie. You know, I love
0: Alex. I mean, we all know. Alex. Alex. I had to find Alex, a way Alex to mention won Max the title. We all know it. Look, and he coached Yuki Tsunoda to a P4. So he did. Like Yuki's performances went up in Turkey, which is exactly where Albert Side coaching Alex him should
1: just replace Christian Horner. Just stop driving and just yeah, because I'd race for him. I
0: mean, Al team Principal, I quite like that. Uh, Mercedes, I mean, is this the most one-sided one all year? I mean, it's up there, Mercedes? It? It's up there, isn't it? Yeah. It's I mean, terrible
1: by Bottas from start to finish, by the way. We've already said, like, Lewis drove a... Immaculate race um, almost. Yeah, like, again, you know, probably should get that position back on lap one. But, other, like, it, the way he drove, the way he nursed those hard tyres, beautiful Bottas, poor quality, even worse race, wasn't up there. In an alternative universe, when Bottas qualifies, you know P two and P4. is up there and and keeping good pace with Lewis, Max doesn't get the opportunity that he did Max to win can't, the race. Yeah, can't pit. So yeah, exactly. So, uh, sorry, it's it's a, it's a shame it ended the way it did. I did like that Mercedes programs that he he could press some buttons and it gave like a little message on his on his dash that saying goodbye Valtteri and finish, which was quite cute. Um, Whilst the team were like, crying. but that's not enough. That's not enough Valtteri to be cute. Uh, a yeah, bit of a shocker for of Valerie shout out to his race suit by the way the, the blue looked good not going to lie yeah it did actually it did look good and his his helmet was uh his helmet was very nice it was, it was very like tugging at the heartstrings all the old Polaroids it was, all, it was all
0: wholesome it was all brilliant but his performance was shocking but again I don't want to just he still got them second in the constructors let's not forget that it was a terrible performance on the title decider did it cost the team the drivers as well I don't know but he was kind of Look, there this the season, season
1: completely summarised Valtteri, but thirty percent of the time he is on Lewis's pace in qualifying. Looks and like a
0: champion contender, like in terms 100%, of speed,
1: hundred percent, and and can win races. Has won many races. Um, he's won what? Ten, I think he's won ten races. I think he's won maybe over yeah. the course of his time. Um, you know he can do it on his day, um, but those days don't come often enough.
0: Yeah, I think he will refine himself at Alpha. I, still I think so. he's a brilliant driver, by the way. He is top quality. Best of the rest, 2015 and 2016. Exactly. So there's a reason why he. There's was, a good driver there. Yeah, he was. There's a reason why he went to Mercedes in the first place and why he was chosen. But I feel like Alpha's the right environment. No pressure. Just you know, Frederick Vasseur. You know that Joey driver. Exactly. He's the yeah. number one. Juan Yujo is his teammate. Piece of cake. He. I think he's gonna. I think again potentially. Piece we, of
1: cake. Oh, that'll be. You'll clip this up next year when Joe beats Bottas.
0: <laughs> yeah. Can we cut that?
1: <laughs> no, but I now. think if
0: the Alpha not. is a decent enough car. Maybe even a podium. I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say no to Valtteri on a podium. Again, I,
1: I think it's one of them that, and and I think that argument existed a bit at the start of the season with Perez. Like, can he only do it in a lower team that's punching up? Yeah. Um, but actually, I think Checo kind of settled in. You know, I th- I do think Valtteri, like you say, is going going to be a better environment. Kind of like Aston's been a better environment for Sebastian. Um, than I'm Ferrari saying.
0: was. Sometimes you need kind of a a, a fresh environment. Um. H- wait, head head. Oh yeah. Lewis, obviously. Sir Lewis Hamilton. Just crack on. <laughs> I can't be honest to think about Wait, what? <laughs> I was like, you didn't say <laughs> I'm that. joking. No, but Scuderia Ferrari. Scuderia I mean, Ferrari. I can't actually believe it, but Carlos Sainz finished the season ahead of Charles Leclerc in the driver's uh, standings. Big. Big. That is huge. I mean, And he also turned up on the podium. Where did that come from? Like, for the fourth time this year.
1: Four times. look. I don't know why. One podium.
0: Except for Monaco. Except for Monaco, all of his podiums just seem so random. Like the yeah. one in Hungary, like the one, he just turned up in Russia yeah, after all yeah, yeah. of the madness and he just turned up back on the podium yeah. here. Uh, it, look, it, it's one of them that you look over the course
1: of the year and the way Carlos has jumped into that car, um, you look how much Seb struggled relative to Charles last year. And, and you look at the environment at Ferrari yeah. as well. Uh, that was... And I think a lot of us were questioning, you know, was it right for science to leave McLaren? Because McLaren were looking on the up. And don't get me wrong, if, if science has stayed at McLaren this year, that would have been super interesting to see how well he would have done against yeah. Lando. Um but yeah, I, Carlos Science has just been incredible this year. He's 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 put his stock price through the roof, I think. He like he's he took it to Charles. Charles was more I, I think over the course of the year, Charles has, has has been quicker. Yes. Has been the better driver over the course of the season. Um, you know, Charles's consistency getting like P sixes fours and and he's had a lot of p4s actually when you look at his results a lot of p4s a lot of p4s but you know carlos has had those you know he's he's been there to capitalize on podium opportunities
0: and i think there is something to be said about that i'm not saying that charles has not been unlucky on quite a few occasions let's be be
1: real like if if charles makes the monaco grand prix like he's probably his easy podium in that and Probably then easy. he's Win. finishing
0: ahead of Carlos,
1: like like.
0: But the crash points. did have something to do with that. I know that yeah, a lot yeah, of Le- yeah. Le- so many Leclerc fans get on me, but the crash did have something to do with the drive shaft breaking. Like then you can say that Ferrari were not good enough in not finding it, but I think it would have been a pit lane start anyway. Then so. It's it's just these little things that by Charles where he's so quick, he is so amazing. But I feel like Carlos Sainz in terms of his racing IQ, and I've talked about that so much, and yeah especially in qualifying, by the way, like Leclerc kind of I think made a mistake in the first sector and kind of burned out his tires, so they just weren't there for the third sector. Carlos Sainz, the reason why he would qualify ahead of Leclerc is because he kept his tires like he just has this unbelievable racing IQ where even though he's not quick Mm. he just gets everything in the right window everything in the zone and he just works so hard and they say he's like a mechanic exactly yeah he works exactly and it's just he's a smart guy as well yeah and that's you know speed over smarts it's an interesting combination but ultimately I mean again I'm shocked that he's actually finished ahead of Leclerc that is a big statement that's huge something that I've talked to Tomo about is that after 2020 there was there was a lot of negativity around Ferrari the Mm. whole Sebastian Vettel you know clowning Benotto I think, I mean, we haven't seen any of that. I haven't seen any like, you know, cl- people clowning Benotto in 2021 because ultimately when a driver as good as Carlos Sainz comes into a team and performs that well, it just takes so much pressure mm. on them. It's unreal. And that's what a great driver does. And that's the thing, like, you know, Charles is still
1: young. He's still learning. I think drivers are always learning, but he's still kind of, he's still in his early mid-twenties. And I think, you know, he's going to learn you know, a lot from a driver like Carlos who has, you know, this is Carlos's fourth team in Formula One. Yep. You know, he, he's he's worked with different, a lot of different mechanics. He, he's built up, like you say, racing IQ over his time in Formula One that's been a long stint and he's gone between different families. He went from, you know, he went from Toro Rosso, he was at Renault, then he was at McLaren, now he's at Ferrari. He's different you know, languages, cultures, yeah, everything. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that can only be, a as, as much as you could say, you could look at that negatively. I think you have to look at that positively. And you look at the way he's kind of, you know, flourished. I think you look at, you know, before he joined McLaren, I think he was a bit of a, he was, was considered a unknown. bit of a nothing driver. Yeah. Some, it, just kind of midfield. Like He was eh. consistent,
0: but he was still unknown at the time. Yeah, I feel 100%. like McLaren, he, he Hol- made his Holbert name. But beat him. Exactly. So Fair it's enough. just, it's a strange situation. Don't get me wrong. He's not the quickest driver. He's not quicker than Leclerc, but I think maybe he's a bit better rounded.
1: Yeah. I'd agree with that, and, and I think this race was obviously Leclerc got unlucky, didn't he? With the pit, it did,
0: yeah. But he did also make a really strange mistake. Actually, I think it was at turn three, kind of getting on the curb and going really what? And it was as Max Verstappen was, was yeah, laughing, man. Him. I, don't, I thought he'd, I thought he was going to wipe
1: Max out. He's he just got a bit. Let's not imagine that, didn't Let's it? not
0: imagine that. No, that, that, that honestly, like,
1: I almost dropped my guts there. Um, World War Three between Italy and the Netherlands. Yeah, I mean, look for this race, definitely uh, Carlos Science, but. Charles did have a very good race. He got very unlucky. Like, there wasn't the pace at the end on the median. But um, all in all, like, Carlos brought home
0: a P3. The only thing I'll say is that, of course, Leclerc has been unlucky, but I don't think it's coincidence that Carlos Sainz is always the one that capitalizes on it. Yeah. It's not coincidence. It's true. McLaren, a bit of a strange, it's it's so strange. It's kind of, they've had a good season, but very mixed. See, Lando had a really poor start, but.
1: He also had a slow puncture and he had a gearbox issue as well and yeah. still finished P7, wasn't he, I think? Um, it's not bad. So actually, Lando had a very good race. Um, I think all in all, apart from, again, the start, if he... I mean, look, who knows what would have happened if he'd have kept Perez behind him. Maybe Lewis would have won the championship. Um, you'd... Butterfly effect, hard yeah. to say. Um, but I think apart from the start, Lando did have a very, very good performance in... Given gearbox and slow puncher um, to finish P seven, it's pretty good.
0: It's a really, I mean, Lando at the beginning of the season, like even midway through, he was my driver of the season. Like mm. at that point yeah, in time, same. don't get me wrong, his the points have dropped off in the second half, but I don't think his performances have. I mean, they've dropped off a little bit, but I mean, I mean his not height at m- the beginning, not was so much, much though. Exactly, it's only, I think f-
1: Ferrari have taken a step up relative, yeah. haven't they? And also, and
0: signs getting better as well. You know, yep. Leclerc kind of getting into it a little bit in the second half of the and season, and Ricardo, well.
1: Ricardo picking up as well. But also, Lando has has been very unlucky you yeah. know you look at russia if you want to reflect on russia like that can go either way it was the a two punctures
0: qatar Abu Dhabi. exactly it is um, what it is i um, think it, the only little mistake i'd say is brazil you know it got coming across science a bit too quick but yeah i mean we're just nitpicking like i think yeah. he still had a, a thoroughly good season and kind really of a good. coming of coming of age season in terms of like he's the team leader like i mean with ricardo coming in that was a big you know that could have been a big statement if ricardo beat him but ultimately he's come out you know, better
1: on top, like comfortably on top. I know Ricardo's picked up at the end of the year, but I think, um, I don't think anyone expected, considering how good of a season Ricardo had uh, last year at at Renault. Yeah. And he had a really good season. like got the two podiums on the spin, like finished, you know, really good points position by the end of the year. And yeah, it just didn't work out for Daniel. Um, But in this race in isolation, I've got to give it to Lando. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, he outqualified Daniel and finished ahead. And had more issues apparent issues I'm not sure if Daniel had issues but um, yeah definitely Lando
0: for this one I'm going to go with I mean obviously Lando but next up Alpha Tauri Go Yuki he's done it Gasly in the the mud hashtag washed
1: I did my qualified stream I was like this is the day that Yuki Sunderak qualifies Pierre Gasly he and turns he up,
0: did it. He looks like the bloody goat in the first race. Twenty one
1: one. <laughs> He's got that one dub, all right, in qualified against Pierre Gasly. And it's
0: a come at the last race of the season. So that's basically Pierre Gasly watched. I mean, Michael Mazzy, you know, last goal wins <laughs> technically, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know what I mean, Yuki Sonoda, but no, I mean, all jokes aside, he has been <laughs> a little bit terrible this season considering the car oh, but God, yeah! What a, what a last race to have as well oh yeah phenomenal like, and caught Bottas sleep- of course he did yes. caught Bottas sleeping on the final lap great move
1: Yeah, Bottas just turned in like he wasn't there and Yuki was already fully alongside so. it was brilliant fantastic from, from Yuki Pierre Yeah, shout out Pierre because he had a poor quality but him Always and Fernando uh, made that hard tyre work because they both qualified behind their teammates and they both well Fernando yeah. finished ahead of Esteban but um, Pierre finished Right behind Yuki, um, they both made that strategy work. But but yeah, also so, Yuki held job, over, yeah.
0: held back. Uh, what is it? Bottas the entire time. Valtteri did not overtake mm. Yuki. It mm. was only once Yuki pitted. Yeah. So he was there. He was always up there. Even if this was a quote quite boring race. I think Yuki would have still been in the top of seven.
1: Quite a few times the Mercedes has been stuck behind Yuki Sonoda, isn't there? Like, you had uh, Turkey as well. Hamilton was stuck by, oh, behind yeah. Yuki for a bit. So, he's a bit of a fly in the ointment. But this is what I mean about Yuki. Like, I think that the potential is 100% there. He's, yeah. he's a rough diamond. And I think slowly we're seeing... He's getting smoother by the race. He's getting smoother by the race, 100%. He's getting shinier by the race, old Yuki. Um, yeah, fantastic job, Yuki Sonoda. Like... So so happy to see him. Like I'm a big fan of Yuki. Like oh, I, yeah, I, 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 I want to see him succeed. He was my like favorite F2 driver last year. I was fully pulling for him, and it was it was a real struggle. That first race of the season, Bahrain, fantastic job. P9. I was like, oh, this is looking decent. And then the performances weren't there. You know that AlphaTauri car is clearly a very good car. Pierre's able to extract the ceiling of it. Yuki's been nowhere near extracting the ceiling of that car for vast majority of the season. But it's just very. Nice and wholesome to see,
0: and I love his team radios when he's not screaming and shouting. That he's just, he's just like, yeah, I love it. <laughs> so and just to remind everyone at home, one one it's last so time before the season on a podcast, I predicted Yuki to finish ahead of Gasly in the championship. So we all take some L's there. Well, we're about to talk about my L, aren't we? Because oh I think yeah, we're going to talk about Alpha. We will give the to head to Yuki. Yeah, yeah, the heads. Oh yeah, for sure, Yuki. But again, Definitely. over the course of the entire season, like Alpha Tauri will be so disappointed. They had. At least the fifth fastest car, but definitely it was the driver lineup at the end of the day from Alpine, which again, going into 2021, there was a lot of questions about you know, Ocon, he's just been beaten by Ricardo, is he gonna bounce back? Fernando Alonso, massive unknown, but with potentially the sixth best car at, at best, they got fifth in the uh in the constructors,
1: definitely. And I think that is the thing, like Alpha yeah, I think better package car, but. The consistency of, of Fernando and Esteban to pick up points over the course of the season. Yeah. You know, y- Yuki still finished behind. Even with that P four, he still finished behind Lance Stroll and, and only Aston ahead of Martin. and only ahead of George Russell in the Williams. Which like it's too. It was it was too little, too late um, for their kind of because I don't think Tor Rosso slash Alfa have ever finished or Minardi finished P five um, or or like that. That would be the highest they've ever
0: finished if they did finish P five, which they didn't in the end. Yeah, it's a shame. But um... Alpine, I mean. What a strange season. It's actually it's not been a good season, especially if you look. The team is just whether it's Alpine or Renault, they're so inconsistent from year to year. I think they were like best of the rest in twenty eighteen. Then yeah. they were then they dropped off in twenty nineteen, back on it in terms of the car in, in twenty twenty. And then this season it's been a bit of a I mean, I know it's ended in a good way, but it's yeah. been a bit of a poor season for, for It's them. been
1: they've been the drivers have been consistent. But the results have been inconsistent in terms of where it's
0: been inconsistent. I think the drivers actually know why it was quick in certain races. I think that's something they said. But I even remember last year. I remember like that Renault
1: at like Spa, for example. It was so good. It was so good at Spa. You know, Daniel got his podium there. He got his podium at Imola as well. Like, but then other races, they're absolutely nowhere, and that's reflected this season as well. Some races they've been slower than the.
0: uh, the Alfa Romeo. I think they just dropped a few positions because the car is a bit worse. So whilst a good weekend for Ricardo in 2020 would have been like sixth or something, now a good weekend is like yeah. eighth or seventh. You but know you've what got I mean? to say like, as
1: well, what, what is a positive? Because obviously you're going into next year, all the
0: cars are changing.
1: You know, Ocon and Alonso, their qualifying gap on average, I think was like four crazy. thousandths of a second. I think Alonso's slightly ahead. So I think after Qatar, it was like 0.001. It's mad. It's mad. <laughs> and, and, and like their Q1, Q2, Q3 qualifying, all the only drivers to tire over the course of the year. Like, Spring I mean, sprint race is not
0: included, obviously. No, sprint
1: race, no. Q1, Q2, Q3. The real qualifying. Um, So that's going to be good going into next year. I think, yeah, obviously Alonso finished ahead of Esteban. Again, he made that hard tire strategy work yeah. Um, at the start, qualified behind him. So I think Alonso's got to take the, the dub for this weekend.
0: And certainly something that Alpine have said, because again, we don't know who's going to be good in 2022. That's what we're so excited about, they've kind of pointed to the fact that this chassis is technically from 2019. Mm-hmm. Like they've just been developing it for the past three years. So they've put a lot of eggs into the 2022 basket. So we'll see where, you know, where they're at there. I think Fernando coming back, there was always so many questions. I always, you know, I always thought that he would deliver because he's never proven not to. It doesn't matter what package you give him. And the fact that it is so close. I mean, again, is Fernando's like first season back, what is he going to be like? How is he going to fight the whole, like getting older thing? Cause that's going to start hitting him. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you just can't avoid that. And I feel like they've got a really competitive driver lineup going into 2022.
1: Yeah. Like you say, again, I think I think if, the, if they can give them the car to deliver
0: El Plan next yeah. year. Oh, my God. I forgot I didn't mention that. They put that on the rear wing <laughs> for Abu Dhabi. They did. I thought that was think I, the thing is, I so actually good. did not see that in in uh, free practice because I'm a fraud. And basically, I only <laughs> saw that. I only saw that on Twitter and thought, yeah, I thought, like yeah, photoshopped it. As well. <laughs> yeah, I thought someone photoshopped That's it what when I first saw it. <laughs> And then Literally. I was like, I can't believe that she did it. That so started out is like a random meme on Twitter so and it's ended up on the rear
1: wing. But I do think, you know, again, Alonso has come back and has just, you, you look at, he's had two, he's two years out of the sport. He's 40 years old and he's jumped into a car, an unfamiliar car. And he's delivered. You look at so many drivers. Okay. I'm going to, I'm saying it. Daniel Ricciardo, Sebastian Vettel, you know, these two drivers who have won races, who have achieved a lot in the sport. And on clearly like Daniel jumped into that McLaren and struggled all year. And he's come off the back of a, he came off the back of a really good season at Renault. Um, you know, you look at Sebastian, what he's delivered over the course of his, you know, Red Bull career over most of his Ferrari career, but Fernando, he's just got this, he can jump into anything, whether it's a title winning Renault, whether it's a Ferrari, Not whether it's a Formula One car as well. Exactly. Done it in Le Mans, you know, like he you know, it jumped into a, Terrible McLaren and still extracted insane performances out of it. Has jumped into yeah. this like this Alpine
0: and just been on a fantastic level. And As I a, think Azerbaijan Ockham's, onwards, like it's just yeah, been nuts. Like don't get so me wrong, that first five races was like that grace period, but from Azerbaijan onwards, like I, I think he's not scored points on like four occasions or five occasions of the season. This for me is like because because I, I
1: thought you know. Alonso in his prime for me, he's like top 10 of all time, but the, the the way that he's come back into this sport this year and delivered so well, you know, his defensive driver against Lewis at Hungary, the performances he's pulled out, the moves he's made, you know, around Pierre at um, Qatar, like yeah. so often this year, he's driven at such a good level, like for the, over the course of his career, you know, you can talk about, and I've I've said about it, you know, the way he's kind of conducted himself internally, I don't think has helped him get as many titles as his driving ability merits. Yeah. Like he's only got two, but he, the way, like how good Fernando Alonso is, he deserves more. The way he drives, he's been so good this year. He's been so good. He's never, he's never been outshone by a teammate ever. Yes, Lewis technically gone count back, finished ahead of it. Like, he's never been outshone by a teammate over the course of his career. We know how good Lewis is. He's driven by some, against some of the very best to ever do it. And he's, you know, always, Either beaten them or pretty much equaled them. I'm mean, you're, you're loving man, this. Season. Yeah, man, this is like Proper little Fernando loving, but it's true. L like like
0: plan, mate. You can't. You can't. It's coming.
1: You can't deny the facts. But also credit to Ocon for, for stepping yeah, up. Yeah. He had a really
0: poor year overall last year. Better towards the end. He carried it over because he had a really good end to 2020, and it could have just dropped mm. off. It could have been, oh yeah. look, Fernando's coming back. He's the world champion. But Ocon, I mean, he's carried over really well. Mm. Like and and he, had, he, had Fernando. That, he had that purple
1: patch in the middle of the season. Again, how much of that was his dodgy chassis? It's impossible to say, um, but his point scoring outside of that block of four races has been super consistent over the course of the year. Obviously, got the win, held off, fortuitous. Seb, which is, you know, the big thing for the win, exactly. It's, it's huge. Like keeping, yeah, you a know, four-time world champion behind you for that long, who was on his gearbox the whole race yeah. as well. Obviously gutted at, at Saudi that he couldn't convert that P3 yeah. so close as but well but in a
0: strange way like Saudi was a better performance in my opinion than Hungary because both I agree when you actually watch the onboard from both Seb and Ocon like the reason why they were in those positions because actually they had a bad start and they literally just dived down the inside they all benefited the massively like, from yeah uh, was it Saudi was a, was the I think was the best race for Ocon from start to finish like great start great race mm. craft he was always up there I mean he yeah. was up there with Lewis and Max yeah. like he did that was a better race than Hungary
1: yeah I agree Um, so yeah He's looking really good for Alpine for next year if they can deliver a car. Um, but yeah. yeah, my head-to-head for this race has to be Alonso, definitely.
0: And let's not forget, on one of the very early episodes of Talking Points, there here, might here have been comes, a cheeky little bet. We didn't actually say what the bet was, but... <laughs> Maybe let us Don't know in the comments wrong. below what my
1: punishment should be. Because I, I, I predicted Ocon to finish ahead of Alonso. He didn't finish far behind, let's be honest. It was closer, I think, than any of us thought. Um, but he did finish behind. So I will take my punishment.
0: I mean, is it going to be like an Alonso tattoo? Do you have to call your next child Alonso? We'll figure it out. Next? I'll get another dog. Call it Alonso. Dog, yeah, <laughs> well, literally. Um, a strange one in terms of Aston Martin. Ooh. I mean, a positive, I think, start to Sebastian Vettel in his kind of like brand new team. I think there's a lot of like, a lot of positivity, actually, in terms of like, you know, it was it was a big deal to drop Sergio Perez. And I feel like I, I still Huge need to look deal. into it. Yeah. I need to kind of really deep dive into... Has Sebastian Vettel done more than what Cero, what, what Checo? Chero, Chero. Then what Checo would have done if he was in the same position, like if he was in that Aston Martin? I mean, yeah, it's a strange one. And as far as Lance Stroll, it's not been a great season for Lance, has it? It's the thing is with Aston Martin. So,
1: so I did think that they were going to really struggle this year as a team, but I thought that was going to be more the drivers because I think you know Stroll. Yes, he's had his his odd good performance, but, but he hasn't done enough consistently enough to prove to me that he is a you know has has the ceiling of some of these other drivers in F one. And Seb had come off a really bad twenty twenty at Ferrari, and new team, a lot of unknowns. I didn't doubt that it'd be a better fit for him, but again, it's a new team. He come off a poor season. There's not enough for me to go on. But actually, I think you know Stroll pretty consistent in the points over the course of the year, but the highs weren't anything. Particularly special, yeah. Seb, you know, should be two podiums. Really, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't his fault. But the, the whole hungry one taken away from him. um Seb actually drove at a better level. I think he drove much better than he did last year. This yeah. year, um for sure. And it was just that Aston Martin was nowhere. That the, the new regulations really nerfed that car. You could see the Especially way. Especially well. the, the one
0: oh, lap gosh. pace was not there. But no, to be fair, when they got into the race, I feel like it was better much more. Yeah, better in the race, Definitely. and they were able to hold off other cars as well when we talk about the best races, I think for Seb, I might actually go Monaco. Like again, it's yeah, really, really strange good. with the two podiums. I mean, again, if you watch, like I said, if you watch like Seb in Hungary, he actually got a bad start. So that's why he was put into that position. It was quite, you know, it was quite lucky. So for me, Monaco was his best one because mm. I like performances throughout the weekend, like yep. where you just nail every single session. And yes, although the points might not be there, but the performances are really good. So either back or Monaco to me, and he and has Monaco's, a lot better. Monaco is a confidence
1: track as well. Exactly. Yeah. And that says a lot that he drove so well
0: there. But overall, I mean, again, what do you think in terms of like their future going forward 2022? Because again, you know, obviously Sebastian Vettel, but, and he, I think he also beat Lance in uh, Abu Dhabi as well. Look, we know if you give Seb... The overtaking champion, by the way, Yes, Seb...
1: crypto.com overtaking exactly. championship, bless him. Um, you know that if you give Seb a car that can, like he's comfortable in, he can fight up there with the very best, okay? He didn't win four world titles um, in a row like out of luck. You know what I mean? Like he, he won them on merit because he was the best driver for that, for that period of time, probably in the best car, but also he extracted again, you can talk about that every year. You know, most years the best car will also end up winning the driver's championship. And if they can give him that car, I know obviously Lawrence Trolls talked about the investment, you know, they're building the whole new kind of factory um, at Silverstone. You know, he's putting his money where his mouth is, and his son is in one of the seats, so he's got that additional. You've got to you've got to have more confidence that Lawrence is going to see that through. You know, yeah. he's, he owns Aston Martin as a brand. This is a marketing arm of Aston Martin. You know, I've got a lot of confidence in Aston Martin long term. I've I've said on record, I I think they're going to be the next. I think yeah, for me, it's Ferrari next year who are going to be at the top. But I think long term. I think Aston Martin are going to be right at the sharp end. You can see themselves like maybe finding their own engine, engine supplier, getting away from Mercedes. And I could see Lawrence investing in an Aston Martin power trade and, and building that team because he, you know, he's put not just into that racing team, but into Aston Martin as a company. So, you know, I I think the signs long-term are looking very, very good. They've got the marquee signing of Seb, who's done a good job this year. Stroll, I'm not still convinced about, to be honest, but um, yeah, over the course of the year I think Seb's done the better job I think in this race Seb got past past Lance didn't he Quite He did, early yeah. doors um, Get and, more overtakes for that overtake at yeah, the end of the year award. exactly finished a couple of positions ahead of his teammate and uh, yeah good job Lance um, Seb takes the dub for me for this race but yeah looking good I think moving forward for Aston Martin
0: Alfa Romeo now it was the final <laughs> kind of goodbye for Kimi Räikkönen do you know what I found hilarious that it ended exactly like his like his prime was Always reliability, like those McLaren years were just amazing. But he was always held back a little bit by reliability, and yeah, just like Jensen Button in Abu Dhabi when it was almost his final race. We know he obviously came back for one uh, outing in Monaco, but Abu Dhabi and uh, and goodbyes for midfield drivers or in midfield cars at least just doesn't go well, does Typically it?
1: Typically understated exit for Kimi as well. I'm sure he just didn't want to do the post race radio with uh, Susanna. Um, <laughs> It was to like, be fair, that would have oh been amazing. Oh, no, I broke... Oh, no, I'm going to have to retire the break, car. As well as I retire my career.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, not too much to say. I mean, I think he was... A, actually, he, was he ahead of Jim uh, and I don't think he was, was he? I think it was actually Gio that had the better race, but... Gio had the better qualifying. I can't actually remember where they were. To be fair, to it was other. like... That race was such a blur for, like, anyone other than Lewis <laughs> and Max, but... Yeah. I'll give it to Kimi because, you know, you're retiring Of course, i to give it to Kimi, you know. Ending in a blaze of glory. Yeah, and it exactly. That's it.
1: And obviously, Antonio Giovinazzi's F1 career also comes to to an end. It was very, very nice. He did, he seemed to dedicate a lot of uh, his, kind of dedicated his helmet to Kimi. Yeah, I was like... He was always talking about, oh, it's so sad that Kimi's retiring. It's like, because I think Joe's, you know, I think, he could he get back into F1 one day? I think we'd need more teams probably to for that door to be open. Um, but... I think he sees a potential to come back up yeah. at, at some point, and um, yeah, I'm going to miss you by the get. way,
0: and Kimmy, of course. But yeah,
1: they're both they're both you know they're both very different characters. It's funny because they're very different characters, but they get along so well.
0: Exactly. Wait to see. Unfortunately, yeah. not a great race for Alfa Romeo, and also not a great race. Double DNF for Williams as well. Yeah, George has. I, I honestly don't even know what to say. I think George actually was behind Latifi anyway. I think yeah, he had that's an something, issue something in his airbox, and Latifi yeah, yeah,
1: outqualified George for the second time. Russell in the margin the season in Q1, Q2, Q3. We don't like qualified. to see it. Um, yeah, I mean, wash, mate. Yeah. Uh, he's finished, but yeah, it was a yeah. Uh, what can you say? I mean, George, George retired. Nicholas crashed. Uh, I'm,
0: I, I don't know who do I give the dub to? I guess. I mean, I'd give it to. I mean, I'd give it to Latifi. But Latifi yeah, yeah, the car, and, yeah, yeah. It's it's a weird Lateefi. one. But you do. I mean, Nicholas Latifi is going to get like a lifetime supply of Red Bull. There is no. Christian doubt about literally it. said it.
1: He literally said. I'm going to send a lifetime supply of Red Bull to Nicholas Latifi, which.
0: So, you know, all cl- you know silver linings and all that. <laughs> <laughs> all bad, is it? And uh, lastly, oh, mate Haas. I mean, that's going to be a difficult one for the race. Okay. Mick Schumacher.
1: There we go. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, yeah, yeah, Matt's been at COVID, so couldn't make the race, um, but he's all well as far as I'm aware. He only had kind of minor symptoms, couldn't make the race. Uh, Mick, I think. Had a pretty good account of himself. He, again, he rarely gets to fight, and he did get a bit of a well, got skirmish his with, out with Latifi. Yeah, and, and it, it's it's refreshing to see. I, I think both you know uh, Nikki and Nikita. You know, we haven't seen enough racecraft from them because they haven't had the car to be anywhere
0: near the fight. With but even, even moments, I'm not. You know, I'm not talking about results, but just moments where you think. Wow, I mean, if they were given the car, potentially there could be a good result. Yeah. Like with, with Schumacher, you've seen a few little qualifying sessions where he's gotten to Q2, a few little nice battles where you think, okay, you know, there, there's something here. Yeah. I still haven't seen enough, even just slithers of moments from Nikita Mazepin no. or Nicholas Latifi.
1: Definitely not. I I think it's you know, hopefully they can give them a good car next year, but um so that we can actually see some relative performance out of them too but yeah I, th- I think obviously yeah, I think Mick actually just had a good weekend um, generally I know obviously we can't compare him to his teammate but you know he, he convinced me he, had, he, he had qualified him again in, in, in quality. and you know again we saw a bit of our words out so well done Mick Schumacher hopefully you get a car that you can actually battle with next year mate
0: that's it how long have we been going for? Like four or five. We kind hours? of turned
1: that into a season review, didn't we? Just, uh, just, just, a, a little, little preview. Bit. A preview. Pre- <laughs> a
0: taste of what's to come in our season. Uh, in our season review. But that's it. Abu Dhabi. The 2021 season is over. Max Verstappen, world champion, Mercedes constructors champions. My head's my head's gonna explode. Like it has been. It has been nuts. I've talked so much in the
1: last kind of two three days about this. I just I, I need some rest. But no rest for the wicked, because the content's
0: going to keep coming, don't you worry. Definitely, no doubt about it. Anyway, thank you so much for watching. If you have enjoyed this episode, then don't forget to give it a like. And also, subscribe. Oh, oh, I mean, you'd be foolish not to, wouldn't you? Exactly. And
1: that's it. We're out. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye.